Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsbirth.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> Just on time <laughs> as we start. We just you caught us <laughs> clapping. <laughs> We're clapping to try and synchronise the audio and the video, and we can't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even clap in unison, the two of us. How uh, how reassuring is that? Um, right. What have you been up to, Bren, this week? Anything exciting? Um, so oh, we we had a great a ball a blast on Sunday, didn't we? I mean that was we just an inside scoop. Oh, with Rodney Habib at the yeah, fourth. You may have heard of him, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he. There was the three of us lined up, and he was on the end, and he was saying, "This is like the, the I, I want to be the fourth Beatle." So what we should do, Bren, is let's invite him on in a month or yeah. so, and um, be very we careful. Will, uh, be we'll very have, careful here. We'll have you some know, you're saying that Karen will be watching. <laughs> You know, we've got to be really careful here. Karen was watching us on Sunday and had some comments yeah. to make. <laughs> well, she, she claims that she's the fourth Beatle. And I said, well, maybe we can be like Earth, Wind and Fire and have, you know, a seven-piece lineup, and, you know, the guy on the bongos as well as the guy <laughs> on the drums and, th and three lead guitars and three rhythm guitars and some dancers and some backing singers. And so I think we can maybe go there and we can expand oh, the forward. family so that we, <laughs> we can all come together. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever oh. keeps Habib happy would be good. So the first one, I'd like to uh, thanking our Patreon supporters. And what our Patreon supporters do is they very, very kindly, every month, normally Brady does this, but I'm going to do it in the Thompson fashion. And it's basically you guys are really kindly giving us a small amount of money. It's a dollar, a quid, a couple of quid, five quid, sometimes even 10 quid. But you're just saying, thank you very much. And so, um, yeah. Really big thanks for that. Um, one more notice, and be 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 afraid, be very afraid. <laughs> Remember that last time we, ah, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> yes, I, I'm going to say it. Okay, guys, this is this is. I did it off the top of my head. I heard Chris Evans say that every every. We'll just talk about guys, okay? Because the other one will be too personal. But I heard twenty years ago, I heard Chris Evans say that every all men's. Nipples are X distance apart. Off the top of my head last week, I said 12 inches, and that's a little bit generous. And um, Karen's better half measured his, and he, he was really disappointed because he was only nine inches. And I thought, oh, God, you know, what am I doing here? But actually, I've just measured mine before I came on, and it's nine <laughs> inches. So if any gentlemen, girls don't even go there, there are any gentlemen who are listening tonight, if you've got a ruler handy or whatever... Please, will you just measure the distance between your nips? <laughs> You've just totally, be, totally yeah. given me a complex now because obviously I've made sure that everything <laughs> that's that wide is 12 inches apart. So that's 12 inches. I've taken it as red. So, <laughs> oh, mate. 
<laughs> so, guys, men, that is, measure your nips just so we can we can validate this or not. And uh, Brendan, I'd like you to do it before and the show. For all of out, you please. women out there with husbands, you can join in by measuring the distance and, yes. uh, and posting their distance too. And we can see if the science really does speak the truth. Uh, and we without see. any further ado, we're going to avoid yes. Montgomery glands and we're going to move on to the subject yes. of tonight. <laughs> we're going no, to talking about care. dental health, which is absolutely massive, massive in people. In, in the human world over the last 20 years or so, there is a branch of medicine, the branch of dentistry, which is called periodontology, looking at the health of the gap between your teeth and your gums, because there's a lot going on there, immunologically, anatomically, structurally, you know, minerally, is that such a word? There's a lot going on. And when, you're, when you get periodontitis, when, when you're, you get a chronic gingivitis, for whatever reason, you will get a dump of bacterial toxins into your bloodstream and on a on a day by day by day by day basis, it's like it's like drinking poison all day long in minute quantities, but significant nonetheless. And that in humans, and I think it's similar in dogs, is associated with cardiovascular disease, with liver disease, with basically name an organ, and it's got a disease. But also, it's associated with um, Alzheimer's, cancer, uh, low birth weight babies. So. This is really profound stuff. It's not just you know, having a nice McLean's minty smile. It's much more than that. It is fundamental to your health. And it is exactly the same in dogs, which is why we're devo devoting, when we're not talking about nipples, we're de <laughs> devoting the entire show to dental health. Yeah. What are your, your opening thoughts, Brett? Oh, look, there is some really interesting research out there on... Um, dental care and the effect on heart disease, the effect on kidney disease, the effect on even things like pancreatitis and cancers within the pancreas um, across species. And I think, you know, it's, it is such an important area. And I get asked so often why, you know, why are we even looking in their mouths and dealing with that? They've got all of these other big problems. Um, and so, you know, I've just talked to them about heart disease and I'm looking in their mouths and talking about their, their teeth and they're going, why? Why am I even going to look at that? And actually mm. trying to get across, it's all very well you saying the dog's got a heart problem, but actually if there's constant huge amounts of bacteria in the mouth, so those Yorkies where their teeth are so gross that they're almost falling out, um, yet they're hanging on by some thread, Every mm. time that poor dog eats something, bacteria flooding into the bloodstream. And this is where you get it seeding out onto the heart valves and effectively giving them an endocarditis uh, of those valves. That can really be critical for their quality of life and, and how long they're going to live. We need to get rid of that. Yeah, okay, for a one-off, they may be circulating bacteria if we do dental uh, work. But actually, that's better than a twice a day surge of bacteria if they're eating twice a day uh, for the rest of their lives. So we've got to look at how we can cut that risk down. Now, 
For many of you guys, some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, it will be about prevention. It's going to be about never getting to that point. It's going to be about raw food feeding. We're going to talk about the, the different things that we can do to enhance their oral health by changing up their foods, uh, et cetera, in the raw field. But, you know, just so that you're aware, if you're new to this, if you've just joined the raw revolution, then ultimately you may already have some dental issues for your pets and you want to know how to get them. So we're also going to talk about how to deal with that too. Amazing. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And so for, for you, Nick, what's your go-to if somebody's sort of coming to Raw and um, you're sort of advising about dental health, what sort of information have you had in the past about why Raw is good for, for teeth? Well, I think just going raw is is good but i think as part of raw you have got to have some bones in there or at the very least you've got to have some substantial chews you know there's a lot of chews really really quite chunky chews these days which will have a really good cleaning effect if you're scared of of feeding bones i've done a video it's called bones and how to feed them and um, I think that that was a, 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 something that you can have a look at. OK, I'm trying to plug it, but basically it's just lots of information all in one space. So definitely worth a, a, a look there. Um, and so just going raw on its own, I'm afraid, and I am the world's biggest fan of raw food, is probably not enough. It will improve the, 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 the oral microbiome. And we're going to talk about oral microbiome. And it, there is, you know, gritty, bony material. So there will be a certain amount of uh, attrition as you chew, as you chew, as you chew. But I think to really get the, uh, the gold standard would be a good, chunky or fine, depending on what the day. It doesn't really matter what the texture of the everyday food is, but some, some chews on a regular basis and, and bones on a regular basis. Uh, don't just jump into marrow bones with a dog who's not eaten raw for years and years and years, okay? Uh, marrow bones are very big. They're very tough. They've got all, all the fibers kind of all facing the same way. They are designed to allow a, a ton of cattle to, uh, a cow, to roam across the earth, okay? So they're very, very, very strong. And so they're quite brittle. So if, you're, if you've got a dog who's an advanced raw feeder, then um, you will probably be okay if you've had a puppy who's been on on bones since they're a baby and what have you. They'll probably be okay with a marrow bone. Also, marrow bones are filled with loads of marrow, and that could give you the squits as well. So uh, don't go for those to start with. If you just want a, a minute on bones, bones is like education. You start with with nursery, and then you go to primary school, then you go to secondary school. That's how you educate any anybody about anything. So. Um, so nursery school will be the really soft stuff, things like chicken carcasses or soft-ish chews. You then go to primary school. Primary school would be uh, would be duck necks, turkey necks, uh, things like this. So they're, they're fairly soft, fairly easy to manage and what have you. And then secondary school would be things like ribs, brisket, vertebrae, things like that. And I would say university level raw feeding. These are for the you know advanced uh, uh, dogs and dog owners. Would be 
considering the tougher bones. The thing about marrow bones is that they are sawn, and so you have this very, you have a very sharp edge. And if you crunch that, it's classically into premolar four here, you can go and you can give yourself a slab fracture. So I would say do nursery school, do primary school, do secondary school, and only then, and you don't even need to go to university, you can just stick with ribs and brisket and, and neck and all those kind of things. Any other thoughts on, on bone? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, really like... I, I, we could talk a whole show about bones, but absolutely, just for now, uh, I think a couple of things. Uh, you know, uh, heads can be a brilliant um, thing for larger dogs to go at. Um, now, it grosses some people out, and certainly my neighbours don't get particularly happy if they see the dog chewing a deer skull on the back garden. But you know, it is an option uh, that's there. Just the the bone is relatively soft and it's actually not just the bone that's particularly good it's all of the sinew it's the skin it's the things on it that they're going to get so they don't have the ability to grind from side to side there isn't that grinding action it is just chomp chomp okay and so the only things that they truly will work those back teeth on are often things which are just got that sinew that they need to slice through they need to scissor through and that's the only reason that they'll be chewing away. Um, now, I love uh, things like necks, uh, et cetera, because um, I think that's really, really useful. Um, but I think, you know, also remember if your dogs do have allergies, things like chicken and duck, turkey is as different from a chicken as um, a lamb is from beef. You've got to remember there are different options out there. I would still even say quail, you know, a whole little quail um, for them to chew through um, is an option. OK, and that's the whole carcass. Again, it's not just about the bone, but it's about them going through all of the cartilage and the sinews around that. So giving them access to whole carcass, look at the little tiny birds that they can get, OK, that you can give to them to, to feed on. Um, you know, bits of rabbit, so rabbit heads, you know, for the littlies, if we're going to talk here for, for littlies, with ears, you can usually get, you know, people will buy whole rabbits, um, they'll be grossed out by the head, so they'll chop the head off and just, you know, give them, but you've got the, the whole bit about the, the whole head, the, the, um, the rest of the hide that's on there. So what have you got there? I do think ears, though, that, ears? that Mother Nature, in her wisdom, is, is telling us that Eating raw is, is a very good half of the equation, but physical physical effect of larger chewing material is also part of the deal. Yeah, you will get a certain, you know, certain dogs will get, you know, some of them doing very, very well just by going raw, you know, mushy, mincy, raw. However, I think for the real deal, I think there needs to be some bony material in there is, is, is my impression. Um, my dog, who is called Bluebell, you know Bluebell, guys, yeah? Um, she, uh, and she's three and a bit now, she was developing, this is really common in, in raw, many raw dogs, I'm afraid to say, on her canine teeth, just here, she developed a tiny little smidge of tartar, and I was absolutely mortified, and this was about two and a half years, and I thought, crumbs. And the if if somebody brought her to me, I'd say you need to eat more 
leathery, hidey material, not, not uh, what are they called? Bone hide chews. You know, the things with the tying, tied up ends, they are death on a plate. Don't even think about those. But if you can get just, venison Just to explain venison that, I think from the point of view of it's, it's the chemicals that they you know, extract and melt down all of that material with and the chemicals they've found on top of those raw hides. So, you know, to, we're going to talk about this a little bit as, as Nick goes through this. So hopefully mm. listen, listen to this section. You'll know a little yeah. bit more about the non-true raw with blood dripping on um, yeah. treats that we feed. So raw hide chews, do not touch them. These are the things that are tied at each end. They are very, very artificial. However, if you go to your raw store, your local raw store, don't know where you are but in the UK, practically every town nowadays, thank goodness. And uh, Rodney was very impressed with this. Practically every town has got a raw store. Nip along to them and say, um, what range of chewing of dry, just simply dried bits of animal have you got for me to chew? Our guys downstairs, they've got, they've got um, horns from sheep and goats. They've got uh, tendons, which have, which have been uh, um, braided. They've got uh, uh, bits of, you know, all sorts of things. And hooves, they have bony, hooves, bony material. Yeah, they have hooves. They have hooves. Yep, yep, yep. So lots, lots of options there. So I would say do a, do a pick and mix and see what works with your dog. If you've got big dogs, go for the very much bigger, you know, dinosaur-sized chews, I would suggest, is a good idea. And if you've got a smaller dog, you can go for whatever size chew because um, they will take a while to get through that. But I think chews very, very important. Anyway, my little story is that she was developing a little bit of uh, tartar just on the top of that canine, which is not unusual for raw-fed dogs. And at just um, Joe at um, Ingenious sent me some of this stuff. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, 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 it's a bit like this. It's by, the com by a company called Lucar. Lucar Plus. And um, Ingenious is the company in the UK who distributes. And uh, he sent me this. And I've been using the allergy spray, which is a probiotic spray for skin. And I thought that's quite a useful thing to use. And he was saying this will clear tartar. And I thought, oh, really? And so I tried it. And I only gave her two or three sprays, checked her two weeks later, and it was actually clear. So I think your options, if you've just got a bit of tartar there and the teeth are fundamentally good, then, you know, shoes and bones, yes. Canident, check out dogsfirst.ie. And um, so definitely the chewing. But if you want to just change the microbiome and the, the um, kind of the, 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 uh, the seaweed will change kind of the viscosity of the saliva and the biofilm, which is on there. You, uh, Bren, you were saying uh, something about something that acts a bit like seaweed and, and to do with biofilms yes. and how they're so, created. So I know that uh, some of you guys that may use Bella and Duke, um, they, they actually went out and uh, found a product in the States called Teef. T-E-E-F, um, and it's basically looked at how those algal formulas that are used for teeth um, and dental health, um, and did some work on the how plaque is formed, and we'll come to Canadent in a moment, 
because um, that's one of those uh, algal, I'll call them algal, but they seaweed is another name for those. Um, yeah. And they looked at the how to interrupt the communication between the bacteria that forms this plaque, which then when it mineralizes, usually with some sort of calcium salt, um, becomes tartar. So let's get this straight for everybody out there. The start point is you get mucus that dries in the mouth and the bacteria are there munching away on that and eating you know, all of that mucus and, and all the debris that's in the mouth. And that's called plaque. And, and when that they create an initial film, a biofilm, that, biofilm. Is, called, that is called plaque, as Nick quite yeah. rightly says. And that's yeah. the stuff that if you put the dye on, will stain pink across the teeth. Um, and that's the bit that they tell you to brush off every day. Because realistically, that biofilm should break down with you physically interacting. And there's a couple of options with that um, for dogs. Um, there's a lot of groomers out there using Emmy Dog now, which is this ultrasonic brushing. Um, uh, and that they're doing for conscious dogs. I've seen that happen. Um, but teeth is ultimately uh, a product that you can dissolve in water and spray into the dog's mouths. Uh, you can dissolve in the water that they drink and they can just drink it. Um, and it effectively is secreted back out. It's acting on the biofilm to interrupt that communication, stop the bacteria from being able to multiply and um, grow there. And you know, some of the work that they went on to look at with the oral microbiota uh, was just identifying such bacteria as Porphyrmonas, um, which in humans has been associated with causing you know, pancreatic cancer and pancreatitis. Um, so there is you know, yet more evidence that the importance of dental health and the microbiota that's in there as to why we need to really be able to control that. Um, so going back, uh, there was an earlier comment with regards to they've got a raw-fed dog, and even with a raw-fed dog, they're still seeing some yellowing of the teeth, uh, as you did with Bubel. And I think it may well be that you need to do that a little bit more, that the wrong bacteria have got into the mouth and are managing to establish a biofilm. So look at all of these problem, these products like teeth, like Luca, like Canident. Um, there are some other seaweed extracts out there. Um, you know, VetPro and NutriVet do a uh, dental oral care um, product, which is seaweed-based as well. Um, Canadent, we've got to say, look, it's got some great work. It's got more types of seaweed in it than the other products. Um, and, you know, uh, I think Connor has done a great job of putting that together. Um, I don't get anything from it. Do you, Nick? Do you? I don't know. I don't make it. Somebody was. It's yeah, all him. Was, I don't know why we're selling it. We should just be saying. I don't know why. You I know. Let's just encourage him to give it away. I think because it's yeah, it's great for our so. dog's health, and we want all of your dogs to be healthy. So yeah, let's get him to give away is, as much as possible. The thing is, um, it's a good product, and uh, what's more, he will give a money back guarantee. So it, it you know, you you can't be robbed. So. Check it out. It's not because he's a mate. Uh, it's definitely not because we don't make commission. If everybody could sign a petition to say that Brendan and I really deserve lots of commission on every <laughs> sale in Canada, that would be really nice. So if somebody can organise that, uh, please, Karen, that would be really good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you? Just We've just got a few more minutes left. 
friend. Where are you on the shall I brush my dog's teeth debate? Let's let's have that for our final furlong. Yeah, okay, so that's a really interesting one. I, I spent years and years and years um, teaching people how to brush teeth. So going from, you know, wrapping stockings around fingers and not trying to open their mouths, but just lift their lip back and get them used to being handled around their mouths. And, you know, I mean, it's useful because if we need to check their mouths, you know, being used to having their mouths handled without it hurting, you know, is invaluable. Uh, so there is always that side of things. But, you know, really from a physical side of things, getting them used to that, putting on gels, you know, vet life gels and things like that, that can reduce um, gingivitis, all of those things we used to do. Abrasive products to try and actually break that biofilm down. And there was a study in general small animal practice that talked about um, the benefits, but it was a relatively small study. And there were some biases within those studies um, because obviously the encouragement of doing that process was encouraging them to score the mouths better. So they had a lower score. Um, and But it was a relatively small number. And I think they did state more work needs to be done. And they didn't include any raw fed dogs or, you know, any others that had treats, etc. Um, so there is this thing about then moving on to a brush, soft bristle brush, much softer than human ones, um, placing it uh, along the palm of your hand, the head on your fingertips. So you're not, you know, if you want to work out how painful it is, get your partner to brush your teeth with your toothbrush. Um, and you'll suddenly find out how difficult it is for them to be accurate. So get them to hold the head of the brush on the finger and go in. What did I find out over years is compliance. People actually being able to do that on a daily basis, day in, day out, for their dogs, virtually zero, okay? Um, they might remember to do it once or twice a week, um, is it truly effective? Hands down, I would say, giving something that they can properly bite down through, like a carcass, repeatedly over and over again, is something that they're more willing to do, has much greater effect, um, and is, you know, much better received than somebody actually spending 20 minutes trying to brush their dog's teeth. So if it's a manual brush, I don't find that it's as effective as I would like it to be. Um, but you quite like the EmiPet, the ultrasonic. Cleaners. Yeah, well, I've seen some uh, people showing the befores and afters, you know, and I mean that not literally, you know, five minutes later, they're all clean. But the before and then, you know, after two months, this is where they've got to with that dog with once a week brushing, you know, so not, you know, daily brushing, but once a week brushing. I always have that niggle in the back of my head. They say, look, you can't hear it, but it's ultrasonic. So I always question, you know, you can't hear a dog whistle. Is the dog just tolerating that high volume? Um, I've heard horror stories of dogs which aren't compliant, effectively having their mouths tied shut so that they can open, lift the lip and do the teeth, but the dog can't have a snap at them because it's got the the band around its nose. Um, so I always just go, it, it doesn't sit 
particularly well with me. I'm sure there are lots of groomers out there that can tell me if they're using this product, how great it is. I think there are some dogs which are very compliant that do love it. And I think if all of the studies and the evidence that Emmy Dog have put out there are absolutely true, then you know it's a great um, possibility without requiring anaesthetics for cleaning those dogs' teeth. However, neither of us are uh, keen on brushing teeth if we can get carcasses and good chews and bones and these kind of things into our into our dogs. The way I look at it is that if you've got a moderately compliant dog, you might be able to do the outside of the teeth, but to get most dogs to do the inside of the teeth, which is 50%, 40% of the teeth surface. Yeah, your teeth have got an outside, they've got a top, and they've got an inside. So if you only do the outside and the top, that's only 60% of the mouth. So it means that you're neglecting, on a daily basis, 40% of your mouth. And I think that's probably not going to lend itself to a clean oral environment and I think hands down working on the biome and the food and working on the bones and the chews that for me is the future that really is the future and also as Michelle from uh, the States uh, Michelle, Michelle Bard Chargen, Charden sorry Michelle she says she's got 15 dogs she'd be spending all day long cleaning every dog and it would be like the fourth bridge you just have to go the next morning start the other one da, 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 right the way through so it's a, it's a no-go dogs have been cleaning their teeth pretty effectively i think there are papers that say that, that there are many wolves who, who have tartar in their teeth but i think a wolf's environment and a, and a you know a toy a, a pet dog's environment two different things they don't have to go and you know uh pull down their prey with their face as brady would say cool Okay, so there you go. That that's us. Okay, and thank don't you. forget um, if you do want to help us out, do look at joining us on Patreon as well. Okay, Patreon, um, yes. And it's uh, the and address is it does there. seem that it the, the the consensus seems to be nine inches is about right. Yeah, whether you're whether you're really really big and uh, you know broad shouldered <laughs> or really really skinny, it's about nine inches, gentlemen. I'm going. Ah. I'm going to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm going to go off and check myself now and just make sure what, whether my uh, yeah. nine inches is nine inches. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Blah, 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 blah.